Well, hello. You are listening to the Swinging Flamingo Podcast. This is a sexually explicit podcast, and you must be 18 to listen unless you want to share an awkward listening experience with your parents. This is not professional advice. This is our opinion based on our journey through the swinging lifestyle. So, are you ready to flamingo with us? Hey everyone, this is the Swing Flamingos, and this is episode 43. We actually have a lot to cover because we're actually squeezing in two months into this one episode. Sorry about missing last month, but we had a lot going on. Should we apologize? I'm even questioning that. No, we shouldn't. We have real lives. And hopefully everybody else does too. We appreciate the people that have reached out to us that we've seen lately, especially those at the recent pool party that said we should do three-hour episodes. Hey, thank you, but oh, fuck no. (laughs) Can I ask a quick question? Did I turn on the recording? Let me look. Yay, we're live. (laughs) I just had one of those little gut feelings. As we said, we're not apologizing. Real life happens sometimes, and we've been dealing with it lately. Well, some of our real life stuff, let's talk about some of that real quick. My world has been kind of topsy-turvy. I think both of ours has been the last month. We've just had so much going on. First and foremost is our jobs. There have been changes in those. My company was purchased by a larger company, which has meant some change. My boss that I'm so close with quit, as well as a small mutiny of other OGs from my company. And the crazy thing about the current company is they were hacked. They had a worldwide cyber hack that locked down their business systems and demanded a ransom, which our new company would not pay. So they had to kind of start from the dark ages. Well, and it's changed up your travel also, because now you have a same territory, but a different territory, I guess. I don't even know where to go with things right now. I don't take change very well. And this has kind of imploded my world at the moment. Well, your work has been a a bit crazy too. This is going into your busy season. Talk about the festival that you put together recently. We had 10,000 attendees. It was in sane. And technically, there was only a handful of us workers, less than 10 volunteers. So my body hurt on so many levels the next day. I'll just say that. And we have another event coming up in a few days, which is a couple hundred people. And it's supposed to be a small event. I give you credit on your last one. I was walking the downtown area and you had two stages. You had 150 plus vendors. You had a full row of food trucks. It was, you, you had national acts. National yeah. bands, as well as a smaller coffee shop setting that had some local artists. So it was, it was really impressive. You're really a boss bitch on what you did on this one. I try to be. I think that the lifestyle events that we have attended and we have hosted and helped has definitely prepared me for my work life. When I was walking around waiting on you, that was one thing I got to thinking is you, you do such a good job with your events that you put together. I had to question, should we do lifestyle or car show events? Honestly? The way my body has hurt, I don't know that I want to get back into doing them. Someone referred me to another podcast that had covered a similar topic as us. And as I was waiting to get to the part of their topic, they were going on about this event that they're hosting or that event. And I got to thinking, man, is it really worth it? No, the headache and the stress is not worth it. People do not realize the back end of a lot of these events. And so they're quick to judge or they're quick to put the negative Nancys out, but they don't realize what has gone into correcting some of the issues that from the previous years or mistakes. It's it's stressful. Well, we always place our vote or speak with our money on the events that we go to, but take a second and thank the event promoters. If there is something you like, give them feedback. You know, most of them are open to changes as well, but 
that was one thing from our events is it's a lot of work and very little thanks sometimes and a lot more negatives than positives. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about car shows. That always makes me happy. That's usually our happy place. This year we got ready for the world's largest car show in Austin, Texas. And this was the first year in a long time that my car was not in one piece to make it down there, which was a little bit of a bummer for us. Well, but when you take it back, everyone's going to notice it because you did some custom chopping on it, I guess you could say, literally. (laughs) Yeah, and last summer I started on it, and with my anxiety plus the 110-degree Texas heat, I didn't exactly want to be out welding in blazing hot temperatures as it was, so it really delayed the uh, progress of the car. We went from too hot to too cold, so you've, you've really struggled this year working on it. We have no seasons. It's one extreme the other around here. The car show was a little bit of a letdown outside of that, though, not having one. It just it didn't have the same feel it normally does. Again, maybe because we were dealing with some stuff on the backside with family health issues. But let's talk about something funny that, I mean, we were there for the car show, but this wasn't really car show related. We were at a bar, and we basically got picked up, I guess you could say. Were we putting off swinger vibes? Something was up with that. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe people just e- look at us and think we are. Well, maybe d- do we fit this bill of what a swinger looks like? I don't know. We didn't have anything as indicators, but we were hanging out at a bar on South Congress right across from our hotel, actually waiting on my ex-wife, which we'll talk about. And this couple, I don't know, you started talking to them, and then all at once they were going to meet up with us later, and they were buying us shots, and it was just kind of escalating from there. And they started the, what do y'all want to do tonight? And we're like, wow, where is this coming from? It was definitely interesting. At first, I just thought they were from, because they had a layover and they were chatting with us. Then you could start telling that it was escalating quickly to almost a pickup line. It was. But about that time was when your ex-wife showed up, (laughs) which I think they thought we were lying when we said we were going to meet your ex-wife. And then it just went crazy from there. Even the bartender was like, wait, that's your ex-wife? Well, let's get into a crazy ex-wife story. So we brought up before that my wife, number one, decided that she was gay and left me. So she's been through a couple jobs, uh, counseling and whatnot. Currently... She is a renovator slash handyman, but she has what we call the lesbian hippie farm. So basically what the lesbian hippie farm is, is they run a refuge for women that are getting out of drugs or abusive relationships. Now, they're not necessarily all lesbians. That's just what we've tagged them. Well, the majority of them are. I would say 95% of them are, but they do have some trans there and they do have some... uh, gay men there because they, she did talk briefly about some of them. So that was just kind of our running joke. For t- I don't even know where to go with this. When we were going to Austin and trying to find a room, you made the joke, Should maybe we can stay at the lesbian hippie farm. So we were telling the couple that, and the bartender overheard it, which I think the bartender was lesbian. Anyway, we ended up going below the bridge, watching the bats come fly out from it at dusk with this couple and my ex-wife. The couple ended up splitting off from us. I think maybe they thought we were hooking up with her or something. I'm not sure what they thought. But they are like, well, it was good to meet y'all. We're going to cut out anyway. So we go back to the little bar. And the bartender, as you mentioned, goes, can I ask you about the lesbian hippie farm? So I told her the story. And she's like, that's really your ex-wife? And I said, yeah. And she said, that's your current wife? And I said, yeah. And she said, okay. She's like, I got to give y'all credit. Y'all all must be incredible people. One, that's a pretty neat story you told about her. But the fact that all three of y'all can function as a unit and I said, well, it's, it's all in the past. You know, me and her have a big history together. You and her have no bad history together. So it is what it is. We're adults. Her and I get along on different levels where I'm like, hey, you need to check in. Or, you know, like our relationship 
when it comes to your dynamic with her is so understanding, I guess you could say that I'm comfortable if, if I say, Hey, you need to check in with her, you'll check in. And I don't need to know what you guys talk about. You just be like, yeah, I checked in with her. Well, after we left the bar, she actually came back to our room and I want to say gave us a counseling session for, we were all chatting, but she was kind of digging in deeper what was happening because we were dealing with a lot of emotional stress from our daughter that was kind of new to us on the medical part. She kind of gave both of us a little bit of counseling, I'd say. You could say that. That went from a 30-minute conversation to a longer one. And I don't know why you say you. You were in the hot seat for 30 seconds. I was in the hot seat for five hours. No, it's backwards. No. Whatever. No, you only heard what you thought she was saying about you. I was at the point where I'm like, I'm going to go downstairs and have a drink while you two cuss about how I act. That was the 30 seconds that she was talking about you. After that, it was all about me. Okay, I'm just going to say you're backwards on your numbers, but whatever. No. All right. We're not going to agree on this one at all. Agree to disagree. So let's change the subject. Let's talk about our son for a minute. Because this one's kind of a funny story. Yeah, so talking about getting hacked, talk about my company getting hacked. We were sitting on the couch one night and our boy comes in and goes... He was a little distraught. He said, okay, I just need to tell y'all. He said, somebody's sending nude pictures of what is supposedly me to your coworkers, yep. our friends, his friends, et cetera, and demanding money otherwise. And so I'm just like, oh, God, you're sending nudes? And he said no. So apparently, I guess this happened several months ago, but this time they've kind of ramped it up a little bit. So he was Snapchatting with a girl and he sent face pictures of his probably chest. You know, he's probably laying in bed, but nothing else. So when he was hacked three or four months ago, they said they were going to send pictures of his genitals. He was like, I don't have any of those. So whatever. So they sent pictures of someone's genitals <laughs> with his face. Now, my child is redheaded. So you know, I guess they're. The carpets probably match the drapes. So I just said, well, (laughs) was it you? He said, no, not even close. I said, okay. He said, it's a random white dick. And I said, (laughs) do they help you or hurt you? I guess I need to ask that question because you might want to roll with it depending on what they gave you. So this time it was a completely different genital picture. And he was like, it's completely different. And what's bad is that. Um, in the picture of him, he actually, it doesn't look redheaded. He has a full beard and it kind of has a blonde tint to his head on his hair, like his hair on his head. And so the genital pictures were completely different, he said. And I was like, well, don't give him money. <laughs> I was like, because it's they've not your genitals. The, they've already done the worst. Yeah. Well, that's what I told him. I was like, you know, when he's telling us this and was all freaked out, I said, screenshot of where they're asking for money and start posting that stuff to your stories, people. And you know, message the people that you think that have it, which I think you sent it to a cousin and your coworker. Yeah, the cousin is the one that notified him. It's crazy. But what's crazy is that they blocked him, but they had everyone on his list. So they hacked his phone or something. We're not quite sure. So I had to tell everyone, I was like, that's not my child. <laughs> well, I told him, I was like, if it was me, I'd just say, hey, do you want to see for yourself if it matches or not? Let me know. <laughs> Well, I do have some good news. I finally found a freaking trainer after months of searching, and I'd pretty much given up on it. What's this trainer training you to do? Be nicer to your wife? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Let's say bodybuilding coach. Let's not say trainer. <laughs> All right. There you go. Well, he was actually one of our close friends was getting ready for a show and was posting progress pictures, and I'd asked if he's doing his own prep and training, 
And he said, no, so-and-so is doing it and sent me his contact info. And I'm like, I know that guy from the fucking gym. So he and I started texting and came to an agreement on what he's going to do. I'm going to do 16 weeks, basically a recomp with him and see what he can do with me in 16 weeks. Now you went to my initial eval. So what did you think when I walked in the middle of the gym and stripped down to my undies and started posing for him? Did that catch you off guard? No, nothing surprises me. The only thing I was hoping is that you actually had underwear on. (laughs) Then I was hoping that they weren't like thongs or something crazy. And I was like, oh God, what is he wearing? I knew it was probably going to come down to that. (laughs) So we'll see what happens in 16 weeks, what you look like. You excited? Yeah, hopefully it goes good. I've been wanting this for a long time and I'm also a little bit more dialed in on my diet and training. He didn't make any big changes, but I'm also like, hey, if I'm spending this money, I'm going to devote everything I have to it while I'm doing it. Now, what's going to be your end goal? Are you going to do a show? Yeah, we're going to see in at the 12-week, 16-week mark if I'm ready for one for December. And that's what we're talking about. That'll give us another 12, 13 weeks to prep, if to so. To do hard, hard changes. Yeah. So we're, we're going to see how I progress. And if I look good, I guess three months from now, we're going to aim for a Christmas show. All right. We're going to hold you to it. All our listeners are going to make sure you're not eating candy bars when I don't see it. Do you know how to tell if somebody's into fitness, podcasting, vegan, or atheist? Don't worry. They'll tell you. They'll tell you over and over. So <laughs> They're trying to hold themselves accountable is what it is. I guess that's my new bit. Yep. Well, let's talk about some of the things we've done over the last few months. We've had a few things, so let's just hit some of the keynotes of stuff. Again, we've been staying low-key, uh, kind of staying with our prior MO of two-by-two dates and quieter, smaller events. Well, and like I said, this last Memorial Weekend, it was a bigger event, and I just mentally am not able to do some of the bigger events at the moment. The more intimate ones I'm finding are better for me at the moment. So we've done a few meet and greets. One of the things that we did was a day date to a local festival with some of our friends, Miss Kitty and Hot Rod. I think we talked about him or both of them the last episode or the episode before. It's kind of nice having hot couples in our neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like one of those Pornhub ads. Meet hot couples in your hood. <laughs> Luckily, they're about five miles from us. Yes. But let's talk about we ran into another couple, LS couple. Another hot couple in our hood. Yes. Waiting dying to meet us. Yes. If I could just find these hot moms they're talking about. Well. well I guess they are. The couples that we're meeting are, <laughs> okay, hot, yeah, the, are right. hot moms. So Pornhub <laughs> doesn't lie. What the fuck? Speaking of hot moms, the ones that we ran into had their children with them, which was a little weird because here we are on a date with another couple and we run into them and they have their adult children and right out of the gate, what do they do? Where do you know each other from? How do you know my parents? Which don't their kids, this group of kids know that they're lifestyle or suspected or something? Okay, so these girls are the husband's girls and so they do know. But from what I'm figuring out is they think everyone they run around and know is in the lifestyle. Well, you mentioned that as soon as you said, oh, we know them from where Whiskey Club was actually that a couple of them started whispering to each other. You're like, you little bats. You're you're gossiping thinking that everybody's the lifestyle. The wife was actually shocked that I was just so quick at how I knew him. But I'm like, dude, we've been in this 20 years and we know the game. I'm not going to say you're a friend of a friend. That's what you say. And I just don't say friend of a friend because that's a dead giveaway. That's like, hey, I have a black ring and I'm in a, I have a hot tub. Come over. What? I got upside down pineapples and flamingos in my yard. Well, my coach asked me how I knew the guy he was coaching. I was like, oh, we're, I just said friends of friends. And you said, we know his ex-wife. or his I was cur- like, I was like, we know his girlfriend and ex-husband. And then it was just like, oh, his okay. ex-husband. Well, her ex-husband. Oh, okay. 
And so then it was like, oh, okay. And you were just like, friends of friends. You say that all the time. I'm like, at that point, just say we're in the lifestyle with them. I don't think anything of it, though. I guess I should you pick should. something else. Friends of friends is not is a dead giveaway. That's like a that, neon sign. That's what we used to say, though. I guess it's outdated now. Yes. We're actually going to talk about outing here in a little bit. So I think we did a good job with that couple when we ran into them, maintaining their privacy as much as possible. Yes, I agree. But another outing we had, you did not maintain outing people. Uh, Let's talk about our day drinking in my work area, restaurants I go to. Well, our other hot and steamy couple from Pornhub. (laughs) I'm I'm just going to milk that one now. It's totally working. Anyway, Princess and Honky Tonk that we mentioned going out with before, they invited us out for a little day drinking, which two bars later. Two bars? You mean like bottles? You are not allowed to sit by her in public. Why? Let me put it this way. You're not allowed to sit by him. You're not any better. No, in my town that I live in and work in, I am very good. I restrain myself. The minute we go to another town, that's a whole different ball game. But to the point, let me say this. So there's, so there's, you're saying there's a city limits rule basically yes. in, act, in action now. Okay. Yes. So at this restaurant, we're sitting on the patio drinking. And these two girls have had a little, they're feeling good across the, t- across the room. They're chatting with us. And they're trying to figure out who's with who. And what did they say about me and you? That we did not interact and that they did not think we were together. No, but the our friends. Yeah, that princess and honky tonk were always sitting been. by each other when, when they came in. So Yes. And so they were confused. So they thought that they had at least had sex. But you and her were married. Neither of us were wearing our rings either. And no, they were. They were. They we were. weren't. Yep. Oh, no, no, no. So Honky Tonk and Princess had had sex. Him and I were married. And you and her were dating. I don't know what they were saying. We're having sex or something. But They were all over the place with their fan theories. So. Yes. And so we saw them another day. That, and they were like, hey, my family's here. Behave. <laughs> they walked in and they said, shit, it's y'all again. We still don't know. <laughs> So you guys are not allowed to sit by each other when people think that you guys are. It's definitely noticeable. Let me put it that way. Well, you don't introduce me to anybody in town, so they don't know who your husband is. (laughs) For a reason. (laughs) Because you're making out with all these girls when we go out to dinner with them. Can you just tell everybody I'm your side dude? Would you start doing that? Oh, my God. I just can't. But, yeah, we haven't been messing with the clubs much. No, we've really stuck to to that. And it's been working good for us, which with that said, I I laughed at a couple listeners reach out and said, hey, would you refer us to this group? And going off past episodes, they said, we're going to try a new fishing hole. They said, you know, we've gone stagnant, haven't been seeing what we wanted. Would you refer us to this group? And hey, sometimes it's nice when people listen to what you say and put it in practice. Now, it may not always work, but doing the same thing over and over again is futile if it's not working out. Yeah, well, and it's great. I mean, because maybe a different club works for them or they'll realize, hey, let's go back and try something different. You know, step away from the fishing hole you're always at and try something different. So one of the big things that we want to talk about is we actually got invited to a ENM Summit. EDM, Electric Dance Music? Yes. No. Ethical Non-Monogamy Summit. You nailed it, girl. I did. I've been practicing it. Is that what you've been saying in your head, counting on your fingers? No, I don't say it in my head because then I will fuck <laughs> it up when I try to say it out loud. You did good. I'm proud of you. Yes. It was a, It was an exciting weekend. It was a two-day event or a three-day? Well, there was a meet and greet. And That's the reason I was thinking it was a three-day. And then a full-day Saturday, which was yes. the full Long day that we made it to. Day. 
And then Sunday, they kind of, they went half a day on Sunday. Well, let's talk just some basics on this. It was in Houston, hosted at John and Jackie Melpy's house, and it was organized by Brian and Brenna of the Front Porch Swingers. There was a large group of us, about 40 people or so. Would you easily say 40? Sure. So from there, let's talk about what is the Ethical Non-Monogamy Summit. What is it? Let's, let's just kind of define it and talk about it real quick. Ooh, let me see if I can kick this out properly where it makes sense. Basically what it is is industry people of the lifestyle slash consensual non-monogamy crowd getting together to help formalize actions that will normalize non-monogamy as well as consent and issues that face us within this lifestyle. Does that make any sense? I think so. Well, we will elaborate more, so let, let's go forward. I will say before we move on that when you said you were taking me to an ethical summit, I kind of had to pause because, I mean, we've talked about this before. My view of the definition of ethical, I have an issue with because I grew up that showing cleavage is unethical. Showing above your knees is unethical. Wearing a swimsuit is unethical. Tattoos are so I struggle with this ethical word, but once I left there, I did feel a lot better. You and I usually harp that home that we are more focused towards the consensual non-monogamy. In other words, you and I agree with the non-monogamy that we are doing and our friends are doing. But when we talk about this on the ethics side, we are talking about consent. We are talking about inclusivity. We are talking about topics such as that. So the ethical part did ring a little truer to what we're talking about. All right. So before we get started, let's talk about who attended this. We've got industry people, such as club owners, event promoters, web and app owners and creators, media influencers, podcasters, sexual health representatives, and sexual advocate groups. So wide variety of people from all over. Now, let's give a little shout out to some of the people that attended. Like we said, we have Brian and Brenna, Front Porch Swingers. We have John and Jackie Melfi. They have... Open Love 101. They also had some of their, I don't want to say employers, what are they, helpers? Their media marketing team yes. for Colette Club as well as Open Love 101. Yes. And then we have uh, someone from the Pride Health Clinic. Which one is Pride Health Clinic? What was that? Uh, she helps a lot of uh, transgenders. She, they do a lot of STI testing, they educate, and they actually even educate healthcare workers on how to properly take care of the LGBTQ plus community, just answering and asking questions differently, educating the healthcare community in it where the clients feel comfortable saying, I need anal testing, I need throat testing. It's not just about some of the basic testing. We also had Open Journey Love, which is a filmmaker making a documentary. He was the videographer for the event, and I think originally they were going to start recording the thing, and everybody's like, we would probably be more comfortable if this wasn't recorded, because honestly, some of the discussions got a little heated and a little tense at times, you know, the different people with different views and different backgrounds. It wasn't all uh, hold hands and sing kumbaya, I'll put it that way. Kind of impressed that uh, Brian and Brent included us in this because we're not always the type to sugarcoat what we see or hear. No. We'll, we'll never talk intentionally talk bad, but we're, we're going to break some stuff down as it happened. Yeah, exactly. 
But the videographer was basically doing a documentary on different types of consensual non-monogamy. And he was talking about the different people that he'd interviewed and some of the struggles he's had. He brought up the fact that he couldn't find a gay male couple, which I don't know he will necessarily in the lifestyle. But the other thing he was kind of bringing up was he was struggling to find people of color that wanted to openly speak about it. Just different things like that. And he was he was new to the lifestyle himself a little bit. So he's trying to understand why certain groups are more open about it. And then we also had NCSF, which is National Coalition of Sexual Freedom. They had, we had, I'd say, three or four of them. We had some people from Cassidy. We had Bob with Naughty Events or Naughty in New Orleans. As you mentioned, this was a day and a half event. We were there for the Saturday discussions before we had to leave out, but there was a lot of a lot of talks. Now, we're not going to be able to cover everything that was mentioned in this summit. I think we're going to touch on the high points, and I think the reason we're going to touch on the high points is we just really want to open people's eyes to what was talked about, and we also think that with some of these discussions, it's good to have amongst ourselves as well as our friends. This is stuff that needs to be brought to the forefront, and that again, that was the point of this summit. Well, and some of this you might not think about because you think, oh, it doesn't affect me. But maybe when you hear it, it'll get you to think like, oh, wait a minute. This might not affect me, but it does affect my friend. Or this is something that I need to be aware of and think about this. Well, are you ready to jump into some of the stuff we actually talked about in Houston? Yes. So some of the stuff that we're going to discuss on our podcast today is consent, outing, diversity, You know, we've talked about these before, and some of them we've actually kind of just skirted on, but we are going to actually kind of get in a little bit deeper than what we have on some of these. Let's kick this off with consent. Consent was a big, hot topic. Now, while it was a big topic, there wasn't a lot of disagreement, I think, on on this. Everybody that's within this realm agrees how we should move forward, but not necessarily the acts of how we get there to where it is accepted. One thing that stood out to me was it was known that in the BDSM and kink lifestyle, they're a little ahead of us. They're kind of ahead of the curve because consent is a very big deal there. And then we were all in agreement that we want the lifestyle community to get there. It's just a matter of how do we make this happen. And so that's one thing we really discussed and talked about. Now, that was the first one that got a little hot and heated, and a lot of people were kind of, the older people were pointing their fingers at the younger ones, and the younger ones were saying, it's you guys, the old guard. But why is consent not always at the forefront of things? Why why is it not as widely accepted as it should be? Some of the younger group was like, okay, you guys that are coming back into it after a number of years are from the key party DTF thing. And we're on the flip side, we're saying, okay, you younger ones that are coming in are not used to the era where you had to ask to do anything. So there was a little bit of a discontent between the two sides of the argument for a bit. Yeah. I mean, but we all boiled down. We all said the same thing. No is a complete sentence. No is no until a verbal yes is said. And this includes body gestures. And I'm going to give an example of this. We were at a hotel takeover. I had my breast showing and we were walking down the hallway and someone we know, a guy, put his hands up like he wanted to touch my boobs, but he just waited for me to lean in. And I wasn't going to lean in. So this happened, what, three or four times. And at one point, there was a long line of girls behind me, and he was doing it to them, I noticed. So some did lean in, some didn't. 
So then when we walked back around the next time, I just said, no, if you're not going to ask me, then it's going to be no. Would it have been a yes if he'd asked you, though? Yes. I was okay with it. He's touched them before. But the fact that he was just expecting me just to lean my body into him and give him permission, I wasn't going to do that. So when we walked on past him, the girls behind me were just like, thank you for saying no. Now, a couple takeaways from this. One thing that we heard is a lot of women have trouble saying no. I'll be honest. Everybody needs to get very comfortable with respecting their bodies, their own safe spaces, and being able to say no. If you cannot say no adequately in this lifestyle, don't get into it. Now, the other thing that I like about what you said, and give him credit, is he had touched them before, but that he didn't necessarily help himself to him this time. Yeah. Again, consent can be withdrawn and does not go forward every time. Well, and that's the thing is that women need to be comfortable. They need to be able to say no. And we need, also as men and women, need to be okay with the no answer. Now, confusion on body gestures is you leaning into his hands without saying yes. Is that consent? That We never kick that around, but what do you, what do you think? Is that consent? If, if you push your boobs into his hands, is that consent at that point? I think so. I yeah. think I a, think a, a little I'm gray, a little gray, but yeah, I, I, it's me. Is I'm this not, okay? Is this a help? Yeah. Once he did it, is this okay? Would have would have gone a long way. And this is where people need to be clear: either girls or guys, because this goes both ways. If you're going to put your boobs or whatever into someone else's hands, mouth, whatever, don't come back and say I didn't give you permission when you literally are do- giving them gestured permission. That's reason the verbal is so important. You have to say, yes, you can touch my boobs. No, you can't. I want you to do something. I want you to build off what we're talking about here. You mentioned a play partner of ours one time that you brought up the fact that he consented to each section. You know, we, we agreed we're going to play. Here's our rules. But he kept consent, you know, asking for consent for every step forward. So uh, yes. elaborate on that a little bit. So... Just kissing, when we moved from kissing to oral, he asked me at each step. And don't get me wrong, I mean, just his voice and him asking, it actually was a turn on and it made it like, it excited me more because it was like, do you want me to go down on you? Is this okay? Yes. Is this okay that I'm fixing to be inside of you? Yes. You know, so there was 100% like, it actually was more of a turn on than what I figured. Like just sitting here thinking, oh, he asked me at each step. No, I absolutely got excited that he asked me the whole way. Now, do we always do that? No. And I have to say, sometimes I forget and I don't ask for consent on things because I just naturally do stuff. But then I stop and I'm like, oh, God, I should have asked. I'm sorry. We've brought up the fact that you've grabbed guys' balls and I'm like, oh, you can't go there. And it's like, oh, maybe we should have negotiated that from, you know, you do it with me and it's I no do, big deal. I do negotiate now. Yeah, that was a learning experience because I didn't think about that. We said our only rules are no anal and condoms. We didn't say can't really touch the balls. But if there's if there's something that you but do not, not want. But it's not our rule. It's theirs. Right. So they should be telling us. Thank you. Some of this is literally Swinger 101, but I can't say that everybody's necessarily been through Swinger 101. Maybe some of our listeners are newbies. Maybe some of them are seasoned and this should be a no-brainer, but let, let's cover them anyway. And these were things that were brought up at the summit. One of them that we've had happen to us before is be aware of past traumas that others might have been through. 
and that even after you've got consent, communication is key. And where I'm going with this is we had some friends that we've kind of interacted with and kind of borderline playing. He just came back one day and said she was raped by someone that was of your build. He's like, you know, she loves you to death, is comfortable with you, but he's like, you you trigger something in her, and you'll make her a little bit uncomfortable just based on your physicality. Well, and you guys have play, uh, I guess I would say soft swapped here or there, but then the next time it was like a hot and cold situation where you're like, what's happening? You know, like we were kissing and hot and heavy before, but it was because she was dealing with her emotional trauma from past stuff, so she kept... You know, it was just too much of a trigger when it came down to it. So we backed away. Hey, we're friends. And we respected her no in the end. Now, piggybacking off that, with that said, consent can be withdrawn at any time. Granted, it was a go an hour ago. We're playing for a little bit. I'm not comfortable. I can totally back out. You can totally back out. So it goes back to that. Respect yourself. Respect your boundaries. Respect your no. No is a complete sentence. And respect the consent too, like if if someone pulls it, then you need to respect that. Now, consent at big events, especially when you have people of different levels of lifestyle maturity or sexual IQ or sexual knowledge, all coming together at an event, it can be hard to manage. You know, our group of friends, we all know our boundaries. We have about the same experience. But when you let's just say you're at Naughty New Orleans, let's bring that one up because again, Bob was part of this, so his concerns were reiterated a couple times he doesn't have time to lifestyle train everybody at the event a couple things he brought up that going forward he's going to do is he said that when you pay your fee to go to naughty new orleans he sends you a video it's like hi this is bob here's what your expectations are for the event here's what you can expect here's what we expect from you now before you can book your hotel you have to have watched through this video and maybe even answered a few questions at the end of it I think that is really good at the forefront of this, showing, showing the expectations. Hey, to get your room, that to actually go there, you have to watch this video of what is expected of you. Well, and it also, it puts out there the expect, expectation of what's going to be happening, what's going on. People are going to know what they're coming to. Because if you are a couple and you bring in a wife or a husband, whoever, a girlfriend, and they don't know where you're taking them, well, now that they're going to know up front because we have seen that. And so I I just feel like the video, this is such a good idea for Vince. Now, we've never hid the fact that we are big fans of Nadia New Orleans, but in all honesty, it has taken some heat over the years for different things they've done. And you might remember our last year's Nadia Nep episode, there was a consent violation issue that took place. Now, that was one thing that Bob brought up there at the event, is there were certain podcasters smearing his name all over TikTok, Reddit, etc. One thing Bob brought up is out of all these podcasters that were talking shit about him and saying Bob didn't do this, Bob didn't do that, not a single one of these people contacted Bob and said, Bob, what did you do in this scenario? Bob said, I'd have been happy to tell them what was going on, you know, what I did for my side in this in this situation. One thing I really like about Naughty Events, Bob and Tess and their group, they're changing and adjusting with the times and the lifestyle. If there's an issue, they reevaluate it and they move forward. They're not just doing the same thing, having the same issues every year. One thing I know that they're going to do is they're talking about having a playroom monitor that's going to make sure that people are doing consent and that they're doing sobriety checks. Now, they already have Dungeon Masters, so is this going to be similar to a Dungeon Master, but in the lifestyle playroom side of the things? 
I would say pretty close to it. I mean, in, in theory, if that's, you know, how you can associate what a monitor is going to be, they're not going to be walking around creepily watching you. No, they're going to make sure things are flowing smoothly and everything is safe and consensual and it's going to be a better flow, I think. And I think this is a good answer to what he had an issue with last year. It will sure solve a lot of problems. I know when you and I were working the playrooms, there'd be people kind of staggering through and we'd be like, oh, please don't stop in our room because we're not 100% sure we could agree with you playing in any situation. Yeah, exactly. So one thing, I mean, we have a lot of club owners at this also. And so for the club and the big events, there is a big difference. But some of the club owners, we're talking about the consent. You know, they'll do the consent papers. They'll do videos. And then, do you remember what exactly some stories from that? One of them that really caught my attention is the way there was a club owner from the Chicago area in attendance. And he said when you log on to his website, he sends you a questionnaire. So you read through the questionnaire, and it, it says you must read every rule. And somewhere midway throughout the rules, it says the bathroom is the farthest away from the dance floor. So when you get down to the bottom and it starts, it says before you answer any of these questions, go to the last question. And the last question is, what is farthest away from the dance floor? And that's literally all you have to answer. And if you don't answer the bathroom, or I think it's like all of the above. And if you don't answer the bathroom is the farthest away from the dance floor, it kicks you out. So you yeah. have to go back through and reread the rules. He said, you know, if you're not going to, if you're just going to click all of the above, you know, that's, you're not paying attention to what I'm saying here. He said, you must physically read through this list before you click on the correct answer. Otherwise, you know, you're telling me that you're not really reading the rules. So it's a little bit of a trick thing, but it's like that test you used to do back in high school. Read through everything before you fill anything out. And then at the bottom it says, just fill out your name and you pass. So yeah. it's, it's kind of one of those things. If you can't go through those steps, you're not going to make it. Now, another thing I really liked about this is, again, there were different club owners. Um, for example, even in, in the Houston one, there was two different club owners there. One of the club owners was actually using John and Jackie's material from Open Love 101 on their website. So these people are competing for the same dollar in the same territory, and they are using John and Jackie's because it is of quality and what they back. So that's one thing I really liked about all the interaction between the people this week is, you know, there might have been people that were competing for the same lifestyle income, but they, they're they cooperating to push this forward so we all have a better place to grow. Well, I mean, yes, we're all competing or they're all competing. Well, I don't know. We compete with podcasters, too. I guess we're all competing, but yet we all want the same end game. We all want to create a safe and friendly and a fun environment for the lifestyle. What you say sounds good in theory, but how many people are actually going to follow through with what they say? You know, consent is a key word to use, but are they actually enforcing it? We were at an event last last weekend, and someone was talking about how great the security was at this club. Oh, if somebody looks at you wrong for too long, they'll tell you not to do anything. You and I have been to this club and literally seen the security guy's head in a chick's ass while she was getting fucked, while shit was going on in the bed beside them that should have been addressed. So, again, consent is a fun word to use, but are we actually backing this and making things move forward? So another one of the issues that went over pretty smoothly, I think, as everybody was agreeing on, and there was really not a lot of gray in this, was outing. Now, the best way to explain outing is sharing someone's private information with the without the exclusive permission from them. Now, when you were talking about a couple of people that was involved in this, you had a business card, and you said, should I bring up this guy's name? I said, did he give you permission? And you said, no. I said, then therefore you shouldn't. You know, it's fine to mention his business because he hands it out, but don't don't bring up his name. Yeah. 
And sometimes you don't realize you're outing people and you just do it. I mean, how many times when you meet someone in the lifestyle, you say, how many kids you have? Where do you live? What is your job? And then people get mad and then it's like they get vindictive and then it's, oh, well, you know, such and such works for the post office or he's a preacher. And then it just spirals from there. You know, kind of going back to that couple that we met at that local festival, we could have outed them easily and been like, which we knew their children already knew. But if we didn't, we just walked up and said, hey, what would you think about that party? That hot tub action was crazier than that. We would have put them in a bad situation if their kids were unaware. You have to be mindful of what you're saying. Not only that, we would have been outing us and we would have been outing the people we were on the date with. Because then they're going to assume they're in in the lifestyle. We just interfered with three different people's lives there. Now, what's crazy about this is while, let's say, 40 people in the room, let's say 30 of them were active influencers or out in the open, there was a small handful of us that don't have that luxury. We, You and I kind of felt that we were odd people out. We, we influence with our voices. You know, We're not going to hide from you if you come and meet us in person because we know that you're legit, but we're not going to be all over TikTok and Instagram putting our faces out there saying this is us. We can't. We had a couple couples that came up to us and said, hey, we're totally in the same boat with you. We are educators. We work in the governor's office. We do whatever. We cannot be out there in the public eye as lifestyle. So we, we weren't as uh, rare as what we felt like at times. No, but I feel like those of us that can't be out there, we still need to have a voice, the best voice that we can. But the ones of you that can be, be a damn good representative. Don't be the one that has just crawled out from underneath the gutter to represent our lifestyle. You're slinging some shade here. Yes, I am. <laughs> Why is it always those people that they pick to put on the TV? Yeah. I mean, we, you can watch Lifetime, any show, when it talks about swinging or lifestyles and it's cheating, it's horrible. Like the new, like the news is getting better, but the shows are not getting better about representing us. What's funny, after our last episode of Should We Be Representing the Lifestyle, you were watching something on TV that you had me watch. And it was about a couple that she murdered him and they got into swinging or something. And, the show had zero to do with the actual lifestyle. They spent 30 minutes talking about the lifestyle and how she was forced to do this and that. Well, you remember they said, even despite being in, being swingers, they still had a good marriage. And we're like, wait a minute, that's not a fair representation. <laughs> they, they, we have a good marriage and we're still swingers. That, that had, the two aren't uh, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. synonymous with each other. And so if you're, if you're representing us and you can get your face out there, be a good role model for us. <laughs> but I do think the outing, it's, Sometimes it's a tricky line, you know, like the friends of friends comment. You don't have to say where you work. I mean, honestly, if I'm going to go to bed with you, I don't need to know. I mean, let's talk about, hey, I like rockabilly music. I like whiskey. Like, let's change what we talk about instead of about religion, children, and jobs. Let's discuss a few reasons why this could get very serious. And the people from the National Coalition of Sexual Freedom brought up a couple good examples. One thing is in situations of divorce or custody. How many times have we heard, even within our community, male or female gets into the lifestyle after they split up, they go in as a single, the spouse finds them on a, or gets told they're on a website, and they take that to a judge and they lose custody of their kids. That's frequent. Unfortunately, for 95% of us, our sex life has nothing to do if we are a good parent or not. 
someone brought up that out of 500 Fortune 500 businesses, 410 of them had morality clauses. So in other words, if you and I were working for one of those companies and it was found out that this was our forte, then we could lose our jobs simply because of our sexual activities, which is bogus. I know you were amazed by that, but a lot of the jobs that I had early on were that way. Well, we bring up similarities between us and the LGBTQT communities. One thing that could be a possibility is housing issues as well. You know, think about this. We're trying to buy or rent a house. Let's say rent a house in a nice neighborhood. The landlord or owner finds out that we are a lifestyle. You know, first thought is they're going to have, you know, they're going to be nasty, dirty people. They're going to have people coming in and out. They're going to be throwing these parties in my There's going to be drama. There's going to be police called. They're going to have, who knows, like people's minds where they go on that stuff. If if you had a very Christian-based landlord, that they could nix you for from uh, housing right there for that reason. Yep. Let's talk about one that I thought was interesting on the outing. What if there's an emergency? Such as what? Help me with this. Well, we actually have known this to happen, and I just now thought about it. People playing, and then the other one, like someone has a heart attack or a stroke or something. Or someone's iPhone, iWatch, actually accidentally calls 911. Yes. Because they're screaming, oh, God. Yes. So you need to have, you know, kind of a plan of uh, don't out to the hospital or to the relatives. Hey, I was just screwing, you know, your family member. (laughs) That's a bit extreme, but it could happen. We've heard of crazier things. But if they're in panic, like if they're in panic and they're like on the phone with 911, I was just having sex with this guy and he's having a heart attack. What's happening? (laughs) It could happen. I'm not saying it couldn't. We've heard of weirder things. Hey, the 911 story, that legit happened. I don't think we've ever told that. Well, since you've already let the cat out of the bag, let's tell the 911 story. Let's get it get it knocked out right quick. So we were at the uh, ASN Awards, and these two couples were playing, and they had an Apple Watch. And female was making some kind of noise. We're not exactly sure, but the watch dialed 911 because of his heart rate and because of her noise. And so the ambulance showed up and knocked on the door. So a bunch of people were just out. It is in a hotel party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so see, it can happen. <laughs> you thought I was crazy. We've got one more topic that we're going to finish on here. It's a little bit more serious than the rest of them. Definitely involved a lot more discussion amongst the group and had some friction between different people. And even between us. So before you get upset with us, let's talk about some of the fun things that happen. So let's talk about the two clubs that we went to Friday night. We actually got a pass to go to the Pendulum Club North. We had never been there. We have a bunch of friends that go pretty regular, and they've told us how great it was. And I'm going to say they were spot on with their reviews of it. Yeah. And a, a lot of the times we're kind of surprised when we go in somewhere, and it actually exceeds what we would think a lifestyle club looks like. We're, we're spoiled by Colette. I'm not going to say anything other than that, that we're loyal to that brand. But we were really surprised how much we liked this club. I think that the setup, the atmosphere was right on point for a lifestyle club. The music was fun. People were dancing, but yet you could sit and talk. And that to us goes a long ways because you're going to a lifestyle club to talk to people, 
to meet people. That way you're able to hopefully go play in their playrooms, which their playrooms were very thought out. The lighting was nice. The beds were nice and super clean, nice sheets. Yeah. There was sitting areas where you could be a voyeur. There were private areas where you could totally lock off a room. They had a St. Andrews cross in there. And just some different, they had different spots where you could do pictures, but it was away from the main areas in the playrooms that were, it was really nice. We took a picture on the couch. Well, going back to the people, they had us in a little VIP area, which is a, wasn't like we're in a box, you know, it could be curtained off. But every time you and I would go out and make the rounds, people were stopping us and saying, hey, how are you guys doing? Are y'all new here? So kudos to just everything about the club. If we're, we're loyal to Colette, but please check out. Pendulum Club, if you're ever in Houston, I think Houston has a lot of options to choose from. Yeah, and I definitely think we're probably going to go back and check it out again. So night two was Houston Colette. We had a little siesta back at the hotel and really had to rally to go out the second night. We were so damn tired. Oh, yeah. I was like, I think we took a 10-minute nap, and it became like an hour-minute lap. I was like, fuck. Well, if there weren't so many people, like say Brian and Breno were in from Vegas, and we were meeting these people from here and these people from here. If we hadn't had so many people know we were actually there, if we'd just been in town, we would have skipped it. But everybody knew we were there, so we couldn't not go. Well, you and Brandon got some dance action in. I saw you on the dance floor a couple times. Prepping for Pod Bash. Yeah. Um, Let me throw that little plug out there. We danced a little bit. Um, The music was off, though. The music was off, and I was shocked because normally I have such... That's like... They had a guest guest DJ. One thing I normally love that club for dancing, and it was just, I think she was mixing and changing up doing beats. Like, she was trying to do different mixes, and it was not coming across well. Now, with that said, she played a rendition of Sweet Dreams Are Made Of This, the underline, for 45 fucking minutes. And that's a cool song, but not 45 minutes worth is the general beat. Yeah, I think she was working on her mixes, and it just wasn't. Do that at home. Have that shit yeah. ready to go by the time you I mean, hit stage. I, I love to dance, and I love music that has a beat. And at the same, at one point, I was like, dude, this has been the same beat I'm for two hours. over song. But beyond that, let's talk about some of our um, fun events that happen. Let's talk about you. What are we talking about? Well, we went out of our comfort zone. Oh, yeah. I thought I was going to get a new experience. Yes. Yeah, that was bizarre. Yeah. So. I, don't, I don't even know how to cover that one. <laughs> you were on the couch while I was out there dancing. And we kind of split up. We were both on our A game on mingling. I th- although we were freaking exhausted, we just, I don't think we were really up each other's butts. And we were kind of with a group of friends that we had already known and were getting to know better. So we were both going a little bit different directions. Anyway, there was one young lady in the group that had caught my attention earlier in the day. And I actually sat by her at dinner and hit it off pretty good. And as I was sitting there on the couch and I just finished talking to someone else, she was making her way through the crowd, and I just kind of waved at her, and she waved. And I'm like, okay, she's coming my way. This is nice. So she joined me on the couch, and she and I chatted for a little bit, and we're hitting off pretty good, uh, both in the physical fitness. She's a tall, beautiful, blonde, Amazon, muscular thing. Mm-hmm. Is that a good description? Mm-hmm. Pretty accurate. Yep. We got into the dynamics. I knew she said her and her boyfriend, who she was with, were in the hot wife scene. So I was like, okay, does that mean he plays or you play? And she explained that... She plays, and he either watches or likes to hear about it. And she asked me what our dynamic was, and I said, our, our preferred is same room, full swap. And I was like, but Kimmy has farmed me out on occasion. So we chatted a few more minutes, and she said, would you be interested in playing with me? And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I would. <laughs> so I asked her if I could kiss her, and she and I made out on the couch for a few minutes. 
And after that, I think we were both realizing how well we clicked. And she said, go talk to your agent. I'm going to go talk to my agent. So she and I split, went our separate ways, and you're out on the dance floor with Brenna. And I said, I just got propositioned and kind of explained to you what it was. And and what did I say? You tell me. I was just like, is this something you would like to do? And you're like, but we don't play this way. Yeah, normally normally I don't normally I hem haw around. You know, I get propositioned enough that I'm like, uh, yeah, we'll see. But this one I'm like, I was just flat ass, yeah, I want to play with this woman. And I, I asked you, I said, do you want to play with him? And you said, I haven't spoke to him enough to make a decision. She's like, yeah. but you and her, if you've got that connection, go, you know, get a room and go do it. You know, go get a room, go, go find a playroom and, and do your thing. Well, and I was also thinking that we don't typically play at the club. So maybe this would be something that would be a new experience that maybe, you know, afterwards that we would reconnect and we would find, oh, this is really hot because, you know, it's just, it's a new experience. So I got your blessing, which I was already going through it in my head. I was a little bit excited. And we, you know, sooner told me yes. Then she comes up and kind of puts her arm around me. She said, uh, I'm sorry, but he said, not you. I need to keep looking. And I'm like, ugh. And I just, I felt like I got kicked in the balls. I was literally like, I don't know how to take this. I, I don't know. It was somewhat insultive. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a hard thing to swallow. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, okay. I, I can't force the situation, but boy, that was a kick to the balls. And I think you probably saw me just kind of the emotion fade out of me. Like what the fuck just happened? Well, and my thought process was he wasn't the husband. You don't know what, like, what was really behind it. Did he really not like you? Did he really want to wait because they hadn't played together? Maybe they hadn't played all weekend together. And it, so he was like, no. It came down to me that I have to respect someone's boundaries. Like, yeah. consent. And, you know, part of me's like, you got two people that are into each other, but we've got a boyfriend that's saying no. Me, you, and her were on the same page, and someone on the outside influence said no. So I was like, ah. But she was traveling with him, so you've got to respect totally. the fact that she respected his no. Even even if they're not, that's part of their dynamic. Yes. And if they if he has that say so, then that's that's their call. You have to take it for what it is. But yeah. it's, it was still kicking the fucking balls. <laughs> I just like I said, you probably saw the emotion in my face, being like, God damn. <laughs> now she could travel back to Texas, and then there there you go. Could call, be back on. Call me, girl. <laughs> I, I was wanting those long legs over my shoulders. That's all I was thinking about. Oh, shit. I snap <laughs> your neck. She'd be like, <laughs> You're like, that woman's twice, <laughs> twice your height. What are you thinking? Her legs are pretty strong. I'm yeah. just saying. Now, jumping ahead, when we left, we went ahead, you know, I went ahead and shook his hand, say it was good meeting you, because it was. I, I enjoyed talking to him. So there was not really any animosity. You know, no. it, was, it was still an insult and still a little bit of a kick in the balls. And, you know, I gave her a hug and was like, Hey, it was a nice meeting you, because it, it totally was. It, I enjoyed their company just have to take it at face value. And the other thing I had to remind myself is probably an episode or two ago when I was talking about rejection, yep. you have to handle the defeat with the victories. And yeah. this was a defeat. Now, it wasn't that much of a defeat because she wanted me and for whatever reason he said no. So, <laughs> hey, that's on that's on him. He has to sleep with that, not me. But the next time she comes, she might be with her husband, so it might be a different scenario. Now, I try to be a good wingman for you at one point. I came up and you were talking to some a good-looking guy that – so you, so you have a pretty good personality. I think we'd seen him there before. And he started chatting me up, and I'm kind of like, uh, you're barking up the wrong tree, man. You're a nice guy, but focus on my wife. And he said something about doing this and this. I'm like, hey, Kimmy would really like that, and kind of patted him. I said, I'm, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette, which I don't smoke. That's just me being like, I'm a split so you two can keep talking. 
That's what I, at first thought. I thought so also. Like, I was like, oh, here we go. I've got a guy coming up and talking to me and blah, blah, blah. And what it boiled down to, honestly, is he was a regular and he was wanting so bad because we had a couch reserved. Oh, goodness. And he was wanting to know why we were at that couch and why it was reserved. And he's a regular, so he kind of weasels his way, I think, normally Uh-oh. over there. So I was just like, really? Quit talking to me, dude. <laughs> and I was like, how'd your boy toy go? And you're like, not good. I'm like, oh, shit. I was I, like, I, I, thought tried, I went out and smoked a cigarette with you. I tried, woman. Yeah, when I say I'm going out to smoke, that's basically me like, hey, do your thing. I'm going to I'm gonna let you guys go. And I don't get that when the guy starts chatting me. I'm like, hey, it's good meeting you. My wife likes you. Bye. Yeah. Well, a belated happy birthday to Jackie. It was her birthday that night at the club, so we all got to celebrate with her. Now, with that said, Mr. John and Miss Jackie kind of duped me a little bit, and I, I'm not sure if I'm totally upset or not with this. No, you're not. You liked it. I, like, I liked it. So, <laughs> they they fed me vegan barbecue. Yes. And I didn't realize what I was eating, but it was pretty fucking good. I laughed. I didn't say anything. I knew it up front. That it wasn't meat. I, I remember they were vegan, so it, at one point I'm just like, hey, this is pretty good. And then something in my head said, something's not right about this. I've gotten over the years where I don't eat a lot of meat, but it's just because I just don't eat a lot of meat. And uh, I saw her making it, and I was like, what is that? Because I'm not a big tofu. I don't like tofu for some reason. I just can't do it. But I, So I was really surprised, but it was, what is it, jackfruit? Jackfruit, whatever that is. And it was actually better because it held that barbecue taste in. I was like, oh, this is really good. I'm, I'm going to piss some people off, but I'm going to say this out loud. Vegan barbecue is still better than Kansas City barbecue. It was hey, really I, good. I said what I said. Fight me if you want. Oh, my gosh. I was just like, <laughs> hmm. And a lot of people were coming. Oh, that was so good. And then some people were like, wait a minute. Something's not right here. What is this? <laughs> Show me the carcass of the animal you got this off of. <laughs> It was a good choice that they made, though, because a lot of us tried something new. Well, I think some people thought I was trying something new in the back bedroom after it was all over. (laughs) (laughs) Don't laugh. Don't laugh. So my back was hurting. I had a hip or something that was out. You're making, you're cracking up here. (laughs) So I was talking to Brian. I'm like, my back is jacked up. And Brian had gone to chiropractor school and he was like i can adjust you and i'm like "Ah, i'm gonna go to the chiropractor monday and i was hurting so bad i'm like i can't hardly walk i probably could have done that poor girl any good um (laughs) at at the club that night my back was hurting so bad anyway so she might they might have done me a favor but brian's like hey when we're done i can take you in there and adjust you so everybody's kind of saying their buys so we go in the back bedroom there at john and jackie's so and so to the left (laughs) is the bedroom to the right is the bathroom so people were trying to go to the bathroom, and they kept looking and coming out, just kind of, you could, I mean, they weren't surprised, but they were just like, wait, what is happening in there? So to set the scene, I'm laying in the floor of this bedroom, and big-ass Brian is on top of me, twisting me around, and somebody came in and said, what are y'all doing here? I said, Brian's trying to blow out my back. I'm like, wait a minute, maybe that's a that's a wrong way to phrase this. <laughs> so I heard people coming in and being like, uh, and we just turn around, and Brenna came in at one time and was like, this is fucking hot, I might have to watch this. <laughs> Well, you might have to fucking YouTube this shit or charge OnlyFans or something. Hell, I don't know. But I, he, he did pop my back. And like I say, it, it takes a strong-ass motherfucker to bend me physically. But holy crap, he popped my back and I felt so much better the rest of the weekend. We did get to spend a few minutes reconnecting with each other. And amongst all the madness of the weekend, we got back to the hotel prior to going to Colette that night and laid out poolside a little bit. Yeah, I tried to tan, but there was a girl's trip going on. Yeah, they were acting a fool, too. And I'm talking 
from probably 23 years old to 60. They were wilding. They were wilding. Crazy. I think they had their grandmamas with them, and I'm assuming it was a bachelorette party or something. I don't know what it was, but they were wild. At one point, they ordered five pizzas. Well, here's the deal. Our swimsuits, for some reason, in a vanilla setting didn't cover much. I, I didn't have the Speedo bottoms on. My shorts were short, short. I'm, I'm not sure the one wasn't taking pictures of me when I stripped down to him, too. I'm, I, I don't know if that was a good thing or she's like, this old dude's, you know, Instagramming it be like, this old dude's nuts are fixing to fall out from the swimsuit. I wasn't sure which direction she was going with it. They were talking about. They were talking about us. About us, yes. Yeah. But I don't think it was in a bad way because the one no. when we laid there, she's like, you, you were in a thong bottom and we're kind of ass up and. She was a little drunk, and she turned over. She's like, I'm not disappointed at the scenery y'all are putting out here in any way. And we're like, damn, uh, do you need our room key? I don't I don't know if she would have made it very far, though. She these, these poor girls were blitzed. Yeah. She probably wouldn't have been able to consent, let's say that. Okay, you ready to finish strong here? We're fixing to get in the topic that really lit everybody on fire during the conversations. Yeah, I agree. And I think with this, we're not even going to touch the surface, but we are going to... We, we could do a three-part episode over just this topic of yes. it. Yes. So let's let's dive in. That's the only way okay. we can do it. So this topic of the summit was diversity and inclusivity, which there's a lot of layers to this onion on this one. And some of them we may not want to scratch yet or at all, but some of them needed to be and spoken And some about. we have kind of in a way too. So, well, let's talk about what this is. This section. Basically, what we are talking here is differences in ethnicities, ages, sexual orientations, body sizes, and even disabilities, which some of those, if you're not directly involved with them, it may not even cross your mind. Now, keep in mind that we were talking about overall, I mean, in the lifestyle, obviously, but also at the clubs and at events. And so one section of this, everyone was talking about the posters, the uh, literature. When you pull up an app or you pull up, you know, a club or an event, what's being portrayed? What are you seeing? For the most part, you're going to see a young, skinny, blonde girl. Now, does that fit what the lifestyle really is? Well, I'd say the lifestyle advertisement is much like the beer commercials. You know, for a number of years, you watched a beer commercial and it was a woman getting out of a pool in a skimpy bikini. She's supermodel looking, etc. Now, think about it over the last couple months. That's changed. Bud Light's taken some grilling for the advertisement with the transgendered girl. Mm-hmm. So th- things are changing, but maybe not fast enough and maybe not all the way across the board like it should be. I know growing up, even watching TV, it was drilled. Like you said, the commercials and just different things, sunscreen or this and that, is these little fit bodies. And that's not realistic to what society really is you could probably look at those advertisements and then when you go to the vent say where are these people that are on this poster where are these people that are on this commercial they're not always there now with that said do you have to be that size or that age or that look to be sexy 100 percent, no sexy is not a body it is the person that carries it when we talk about people getting a little tense and rubbed a little wrong you know you had event hosts there you had club owners there. You had website owners there. So when the general public is speaking like, hey, look at us. We are a big section of the lifestyle. We do not look like the supermodels on the website. You know, you could tell there was some unease in the air. Now, does that mean they'll change things? We'll see. But it, it did open people's eyes that, you know, that, that, that size two is not the average size of the lifestyle person. Well, let's look at even 
some of the big posters that are hung in the clubs, they're black and white posters, pictures of uh, the one that I always see. It's of like her breast and you can see her belly and her belly button. That's a, a white girl. I would assume. I mean, you really can't tell, but you black would, and white. You don't know. Yeah, but it's a fit white girl. Does that represent what we see? No. One of the clubs that we go to, I will give props to. They actually have art of their members. I mean, if you know certain tattoos or certain body figures or this or that, you can pin out who it is. But I really like that. That is a really good idea that they did. Thing about that is they did an open casting call on that. They said we are shooting pictures for the club for art with a professional photographer. If you want to come out and have your picture be on the wall from here on, come on out. So they didn't discriminate on who, and that that is a neat idea. Now I can't say every place is going to do it. Again, there's there's just so much gray area. Yeah. But some some of it needs to be changed. There needs to be someone needs to feel comfortable in the space and not think that they have to necessarily adhere to that standard. But again, all of this just goes to raising awareness. You know, think about that next time you look at an ad or look at the posters coming up for an event or the poster or the pictures in your club. Think think about what goes into that. Yeah, because we want everyone to come. You want all different types of people there. You don't want to be like, hey, these people are going to be here. These people are only ones we want. Well, the other one that caused a lot of friction amongst the group was that of ethnicity and inclusion. Everybody had different ideas, and a lot of the ideas were based on, I would say, the age group of the people that were presenting them. One thing that we talked about also is, is it the demographic of the area you're from that you notice this or don't notice it? We struggled with our ideas on talking about this because no matter what we say, Someone's going to be able to spin it another direction. Does racism exist? Yeah. Does it exist in lifestyle? I'm going to say yeah. But I'm not 100% sure that it's not a uh, in being excluded as much as it is, a, like you said, a demographic. You and I brought up the fact if we went to Laredo, Texas right now, we might be— We would be the minority. We, we, we might be two of the—we might be the only two freaking white people in the whole club, if not the whole town at times. So— Oh, that's such a, that's such a hard one to cover. If we went to Atlanta, we would we probably would be, be the minority. But here's the problem: is one thing I struggle with is that do I see the color? Do I see the culture? Yes, but it doesn't bother me. Not us, but not everybody's that way. Yes, and so, but I'm not going to be like, hey, we need to have so many percentage of these people coming in, or these people, or these people. No, look at the area. And it just happened that that weekend in Houston, <laughs> it was pr- prominent white middle-aged people. And it normally is not. We've, we've seen a larger ethnic crowd in there before. At, and and yeah. you, you and I did a quick rundown. Dallas is a very diverse crowd. Yes. Austin's pretty liberal and white, Caucasian. Houston, there's a mix of mix of everybody. Yes. It, it's a melting pot. New Orleans is a about a half and half mix. So I I saw John and Jackie get a little tense because someone said your club isn't very diverse. And I I think almost saw Jackie in tears because they, you know, they, they are, there's no racism in the, in those two whatsoever. They are, they're good people. They will allow everybody. So I could see them getting a little bit tense. But if, if you based on the fact of when we walked in Colette that weekend, there was very little minority. You you could, you could say that, but that, that wasn't a fair, fair judgment judgment of the club that night. Yes. Now, with that said, if you go to, I'm going to say Nebraska or Iowa, it's going to be all white. Caucasian. Yeah. It's demographic at that point. 
Now, we're not going to dive too much deeper into this, but I'm going to say as podcasters, and we're not going to avoid the race topic, but as someone that wants to be inclusive, talk to your ethnic friends. And this is a hard talk. We, we actually did this. Ask your friends, regardless what they're, are you included? We did that with some friends, and I'll be honest, I was a little uneasy, one, asking the question, and two, waiting on the responses. That, well, I think that's the best way to start working through this is ask, are you included, and, and be honest about it. I even asked our non-girlfriend girlfriend, you know, like, what what do you think about this topic? Because we've taken her all kinds of places that maybe she was uncomfortable and we didn't realize it, but what it boiled down to is she was comfortable with us, so she was comfortable with where we were taking her. We reached out to some of our interracial friends, and one of them came back and said he's seen more of different classes as far as income, more than he has racism. Yeah. Which, I'll be honest, that's kind of a, maybe, a, I would much rather see classism than racism. Yeah, I agree with that. So, you know, there's the people that, you know, they, they want to go to the local dive bar, and then there's the people that want to do the cruises. You know, there there's that demographic difference there. I would, I would much rather see that than, uh, you know, people judging someone on their creed or color or religion or sexual beliefs. So that, that made me feel a, a little bit better. He also said that he's like, hey, I will go in and change people's minds. I can go into any crowd and fit in. I, I think the best way to address this problem is, is ask somebody, are you included? Yeah. And I, I think that's also a responsible and thing to do. Unfortunately, I think that we need to not put blame on other people or say, you need to fix this. No, we all need to be fixing this. We need to talk about this. The part that really caught my attention, and it was brought up as we're discussing this, this is a room of 40 white people. Now, different ethnicities were reached out to, and none of them chose to be part of it, either couldn't or chose not to. The videographer has said he's reached out to different ethnicity couples, and they have chose not to be on there. So a, a little bit from both sides. I, you, we're all going to have to come together to solve this problem. Yes. And unfortunately, we, we don't have answers. I wish we did. I wished it was a, a clear-cut answer, but it's not. One of the topics I just want to touch base just lightly on, because we have done a podcast on this, is body discrimination. And this goes back to what we were talking about. If you're advertising young, skinny, fit people, then your plus sizes or your full-figured people are going to feel away. They're going to feel like they're not sexy or not invited in. Well, fuck, where are even your dad bods and mom bods? I mean, that's that's a big yeah. section of the lifestyle. Yep. It doesn't even have to be fit or, you know, the heavier end. Just where's the average mom and dad? Yeah. But one thing that we talked about that... I guess uh, it's something that we really haven't thought about, but it's something that we we've been around. I don't know. This is just a weird one that when it they came, put it, it came up and when it's like, no. on black and white paper, we're like, wait a minute, disabilities. And someone made the comment that people in wheelchairs or with canes, they want to feel comfortable or, you know, just a lot of the different disabilities. And we're around a lot. Of disabilities, so we didn't think about it at first. We're like, no, we don't know. But they're like, okay, we know so and so is in a wheelchair. We know so and so that was missing a leg from a farming accident. We're like, fuck, we do know people that fall yeah. into this, and they it never occurred to us again because we're not affected by it. That's the bad part. It, yes. If 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 we're not affected by it, it doesn't 
Well, when we work the playrooms in Notting New Orleans, one of our friends is in a wheelchair, and he came into our room, and I gave him a bed there on the side where he's able to put his chair, and it doesn't affect the way that we see him or feel about him, but we did make sure that he was able to play with people. If we were in the wheelchair, it would be a different story. You also got to think about that in a club situation. Is a club adequate where someone with a disability could get around? I, I think of Colette, New Orleans. If they had to use that damn elevator, they may be a permanent resident <laughs> of the fucking club. John, fix that fucking elevator. <laughs> Just because you get tired of walking up those damn stairs. <laughs> and with that note, I'm not welcome back at Colette, New Orleans after this. <laughs> But no, we've even, we know someone that's fetishized because uh, they're missing a hand. Girls come up and want to be kind of almost like a fisted, don't they? Like he's told us that story. I'm just letting you roll with this. I wasn't going to bring that up. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. some of this just, it's crazy. But we talk to so many people that we, we hear them and we're just like, the disabilities one made me really think on some of that. Here's one that we are going to struggle through. Yeah, because we don't we don't agree. We're, we're actually redoing this take because we fucked it up twice already, yeah. and our views are probably not the popular opinion. But again, there's I don't think there's a right situation. No, and that is of gender identification and gender pricing at events. So let's God, let's break this down as simple. Keep it as simple as, as possible. There's a lot of debate out there where people should cross the board be charged the same, no matter what the identity is. I'm fine with that. Now, here comes the problem of, granted, everybody's charged the same. Are we allowing all the single males in that want to be in, all the single females that want to be in, all the couples that want to be in? Are we allowing yeah. that? That's the catch. Now, to me, the catch is, and I'll, I'll say this 100 times out of 100 times, charge everybody the same, but you start allowing too many single males in, and you can't vet everybody that walks through the door. Even with a higher price, you're still going to have guys with money that are still douchebags getting in. So that's not going to curb any problems, contrary to what the club owners say. But I'm always going to resort back to the green door in Las Vegas. You can charge a guy whatever you want, and anybody that's been knows that the green door in Vegas is 50 guys walking around jerking their dicks at one couple, whether the couple's looking for that or not. There's me playing the devil's advocate. Now, there has got to be some way to vet these people if it's going to be consistent pricing even if it's not consistent pricing you still have to have a ratio well and even let's talk about some of the different pricing like just different scenarios of pricing you've got transgender pricing oh that's a tricky one right now because talk about inclusivity we are feeling that we are seeing more and more buyer lesbian couples coming in lifestyle i mean they, they pull girls and sometimes the occasional couple if they want it we're seeing more trans people in it which is a, a cool addition but well how do you how do you charge and that's actually a topic on a, with a lot of the events and clubs, but if you went to the price same pricing, then that wouldn't be an issue. But for those biological males that are now transitioning into female, now they're getting in maybe for twenty bucks. I mean, there's some places that are twenty bucks for females, and then you get the topic of well, are they just dressing up like that and going to the bathroom and changing? That is what people think in their head. I'm gonna say nobody does that. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say nobody does that. People say it, though. I'll own my decision. I'm going to say you'll never see it. I, I agree. Never say never. but I, I, I agree. No, I agree. But I'm just saying that this is a topic that people are discussing and are some of the rationales that yeah. I'm not saying it's a legit one. I'm just saying that people's brains go crazy. And that's one thing that they keep throwing out there. But I'm also going to say that's the old guard and that's bigoted. 
Yes. Because I 100%, I 100% if, if you show up in a dress, I'll call you girl. I don't care. Yeah. It, it doesn't hurt me in any way, shape, or fucking form. It doesn't hurt my masculinity in any way, shape, or fucking form. No, no, not but at all. We, we brought, we brought up the fact in Oklahoma City, the one there. I mean, I was curious what restroom she was going in just because I was curious where she goes. She goes in the girl's room. You've been in there with her. I, there I am calling her her. If yeah. she'd walked in the stall beside me, I'd had no problem with her in there. So, yeah. fuck, some people are too fucking butthurt. There was a club here local that, in my opinion, being bigoted. Well, if you were born with a dick, I'm going to charge you for having a dick. I'm like, oh, God. If, uh, anyway. Are they going to uh, my, my, view, my, views, my views aren't the popular views. Now, tag teaming off of that. Secrets a couple years ago. I'm going to say they charged the guys probably 350 400 bucks to get in, single guys. Some of the guys were saying, okay, we're going to show up as a gay couple. You're not going to turn me away because you allow that. But what do you charge me? Do you charge me as a couple or do you charge me as two single guys? Now, if they are legitimately two guys that are singles showing up as a couple, are you going to make them kiss? What are you going to how, yeah, how, how are you going to prove this? You can't, you can't legally do that. I don't believe you're a couple kiss. You can't fucking do that. No. Well, and it's also, let's say, a lesbian couple. Okay. Is that a couple or is are, that two single girls? Are they going to get in at two free? single fells? Yeah, like 20 bucks and 20 bucks because some places are 20 bucks for a single girl. Or are they coming in as a couple, which is maybe 100 bucks. Or let's talk. Uh, now you're opening Pandora's box here. Yeah. With, let, let's, let's let's go through them. Polly. Okay. You've got a husband and two wives. Or. Two, two husbands and a wife. Yeah. I, I know it goes both ways. That right there. How do you price them? I don't know. Help me. Ah. This stuff needs to be standardized. You know, a, a thruple looks up the website and says, okay, here's couple pricing. Here's single female pricing. Here's single guy pricing. What do we fall under? A transgendered person, you know, hey, you're welcome. But it only says, you know, single guys price is this. Couples price is this. Single woman's price is this. Okay, what are you going to charge me? You know, are you going to make a scene because I'm a transgendered woman when I get there? Yeah, are you going to walk up and have to say, I'm trans, so I have this special pricing? Like, there's so many different options and craziness that, I don't know, I don't know. I might be coming to the dark side and leaning towards your one price fits all. So, you ask what the point of the ethical non-monogamy summit was, and that's basically right there. Unfortunately, there's no easy answer to some of these, but I think that from bringing the Leaders in this lifestyle space or, you know, starting to bring these people together, you know, the owner of uh, Naughty New Orleans, the owner of Colette, the owner of Sapphire, bring all these people in the same room and let's set some precedents going forward. Hey, here's what we want to see. Hopefully this trickles down to these smaller clubs that are, you know, maybe they're digging their feet in. Maybe if enough people start supporting the people that are supporting the lifestyle as a whole rather than being rogue about it, you know, we'll make growth and changes. What are your thoughts? No, I agree. Especially the lifestyle is changing, and I feel like we're all trying to change with it. I kind of made this analogy earlier when we were discussing this topic. It's like going into a candy store. If you're only expecting Hubba Bubba gum. Oh, that's, that stuff's hard on your jaw to chew after a bit. Right? You're not going to see all the other candies in there. That's not why we're in this lifestyle. If that's the reason, then you're going to have sex with your spouse or your partner and do the same boring position the rest of your life. No, you're in this lifestyle because you want to see variety. You want to see, you know, taste all the different candies. So we need to make sure that we have a good candy store, good support system for everyone in this lifestyle. And I'm on my soapbox out. All of a sudden I felt it. I'm going to eat your Skittles later. How's that? (laughs) I'm going to farm you out to the Laffy Taffy candy down the street. (laughs) You're like, wait a minute. (laughs) 
So we need to support and put into place actions, what we talked about. We need to actually have actions. Let's talk about these topics that are kind of hard to talk about. And let's get it out there and do stuff about it. Wow. We were all over the place on this episode today. But if there's anything that you have interest in from this podcast, we'll be more than happy to put you in touch with any of these testing facilities, any of these lifestyle advocates, the NCSF. Anything you uh, got questions on, please reach out. And as always, let's mingle. Thank you for listening. Please reach out to us and let us know your thoughts. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can find us on Twitter at SwingingFlamin1. We are on Instagram as Swinging Flamingos. We can also be found on Facebook as Swinging Flamingo Podcast. Be sure and check out all the other great shows on Full Swap Radio and be sure and grab our sexy merch available on FullSwapShop.com. And as always, let's go Flamingo! No, he's on the bed. Okay. We have someone living in our attic, I'm telling you. Don't say that. We've seen that program. The Froggers. Yes. Anyways, talking about your attic. Yep. Sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, are you asking or telling? <laughs>